This is 1 in 44, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. 1 in 44 is a weekly show devoted to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to 1 in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And I'm talking today with Greg Austin from Inclusive Fitness. Greg, good morning. Good morning, Eliza. How are you? I'm doing great. It's nice to have you on the show. It's um, good to be here. Awesome. I love talking with uh, with people doing all sorts of interesting work sort of within the field, um, which I've been doing the show for a long time. The stats have changed. The name of the show has changed with the stats changing. Um, but also the breadth of uh, different topics that I get to learn about through our guests has really expanded as well. And so um, inclusive fitness, um, I'm hoping that you'll tell us all about what it is um, and how people can learn more. But before we do that, I, I think we should start with just a little bit of introduction to you, your background, um, and, and what you do there. Absolutely. So, and, and again, thank you for having me on. Um, <clears throat> so uh, a little bit about me, uh, grew up in Texas um, lived in New Mexico where I met my wife and became a personal trainer, did search and rescue out there, trying to figure out uh, what I wanted to be. I had studied psychology like my father, who is a retired psychologist. Um, and um, as I mentioned, I became a personal trainer and I, I met my wife in the gym. Uh, I asked her for a spot uh, and she fell for it and we <laughs> fell in love. <laughs> a gym romance who doesn't love i know romance? perfect yeah, really romantic right <laughs> she was a triathlete still is um yeah. and we fell in love and, and uh, eventually moved back to boston i say back because she's from here originally i'm from dallas okay. um we uh got our mbas at babson college mm. and both studied entrepreneurship and marketing um shortly thereafter went into marketing and she is still a marketing executive and I became a, a marketing uh, executive for, uh, over the course of 20 years, three global consulting firms. Um, and so I was a CMO, essentially, and had a great career, really enjoyed that. Along the way, uh, our son, Lucas, was he is now, well, he's turning 17 this September, so let's call him 17. Mm -hmm. uh, he was born, and at the age of about two and a half or three, was diagnosed with um, uh, as being autistic, uh, the diagnosis was the classic PDD NOS, pervasive mm, development disorder. I haven't talked about that one in a while, but we don't love that one. No, we don't. We had to, to tell families nothing. You know, <laughs> I know exactly not otherwise mm. specified. I, I remember turning to the doctor and I won't say exactly what I said to her, but I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. The thing is that, um, you know, we very quickly pivoted and, and, and did all the things that any good parent does, whether you're uh, the parent of somebody neurotypical or neurodivergent. We did everything we could to support Lucas. Um, and so we did all the therapies, we, we did all the, the social programs, we uh, did all the IEPs and, and, and went through that. And, and frankly, we still are. What was really interesting though, is, is Christina and I had um, tried to maintain and, and even build up our, our, our love for exercise. Um, and, and something that had been uh, very important to us. And I should point out that I was never an athlete when I was young. I was uh, overweight and, and out of shape and, 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 and never really thrived in that milieu. But uh, as I got older, it became very important to me. And it was for Christina too. And what we noticed is that when we exercised uh, and we got Lucas to exercise, um, whatever that might be, uh, that he was a different kid, right? He was more focused. He was more calm. Um, mm -hmm. He was happier. 
Mm-hmm. And not to mention, of course, physiologically and biologically, just stronger and, and more capable. And his gross motor patterns were better. His kinesthetic awareness was better. And <clears throat> um, now I should point out that these things did not come naturally to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christina, to credit her credit, really worked hard to give Lucas as many opportunities to learn how to swim as specialists, learn how to bike. We didn't know if he would be able to learn how to bike, but we worked, found a fantastic program that supported him. And now the, he goes on 40-mile bike rides. Right, which is astounding. And so to, to kind of close the loop, um, I hit my 50s and he hit his teens. And I realized I didn't want to keep traveling around the world like I was doing for my executive job. And I wanted to do something that was going to be meaningful uh, and something that would be also uh, able to leave him and others a legacy. Mm-hmm. And so we started thinking about what would that be? And, and we, we turned to that fitness and, 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 and that love of, of being healthy as, as an inspiration. And we started looking around for options for Lucas and to see what else might be out there. And we didn't find much. We found a lot of programs that would be short-lived that might uh, maybe be uh, four weeks, 12 weeks, that sort of thing. Um, but also that weren't necessarily great for somebody who was autistic. Um, and so uh, we did more research, put on our marketing research caps, and and um, started discovering that this is a massive need. We did focus groups, surveys, reached out to professionals, and realized that you know we we saw, we saw an opportunity here. And so, uh, after about four years of planning and really thinking it through, I left my position um, uh, at my consulting job and um, launched Inclusive Fitness, and that was in October of 2020. We designed this space uh, that I'm currently sitting in now uh, with uh, significant sensory issues in mind. We've assembled a team of people who are deeply committed, have a personal uh, connection to uh, neurodiversity, whether it may be Down syndrome, uh, autism, Kabuki syndrome, you name it, mm-hmm. um, uh, acquired brain injury. And we, we developed programming in conjunction with Eric Chesson, who's sort of the guru of adaptive programming. He, he founded Autism Fitness over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's the guy who certifies everyone around the world to do this. And he uh, became a friend. I was certified through him. Now he's our director of adaptive programming and our partner. And so he does all of our professional development training and certification. And so we launched, like I said, uh, about 18 months ago, we had two athletes in our facility here just outside of Boston. Mm-hmm. And now we're running close to 600 sessions per month, wow. um, either one-on-one or small group. Um, we work with, as I mentioned, a wide range of, of, of neurodiversities, um, and uh, we don't have an age limit on the top, but we do start with people who are 12 and up. And what's been really amazing is just to see that when we presume competence, which is our first core value, mm-hmm. when we presume competence and assume that when somebody walks the, through this door, if we meet them where they are and we focus on their needs and goals and follow their lead, they can achieve incredible things. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I think it's safe to say that all of our athletes have made progress, most of them significant progress. Um, and, and we mean in terms of skill development, strength, stability, and stamina, sort of the four S's we focus on. So that's how we got started. And um, I'll tell you a little bit more about where we want to go uh, later on, but I'll stop and see if you have any questions or observations. I do. That's great. I mean, I I have a reaction, which is just like awesome. I love the whole thing. I love the development of it. Um, We actually are getting, we have about four minutes before we have to take a break. And I might throw a curveball at you because I I just, um, you said something initially when you were talking about how you and, and your wife, Christina, is that her name? 
Chris, you said so right. the, the fact that you and Christina maintained your love for exercise yeah. um, and sort of introduced Lucas to it at a, at a younger age. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I had this image of, of what that might look like um, in a family. And I'm thinking, okay, you talked a lot about how Lucas responded to it and you could see some immediate changes. Um, but I'm curious because I talked to so many families who were really open about the stressors and the dynamics that occur as a parent raising, especially with a newly diagnosed child. Yes. Um, did that maintenance of your exercise routines, do you think just anecdotally that that also helped you and Christina mm-hmm. um, in stressful situations that a lot of other parents might be able to, to, um, to would might resonate with them? Um, and I ask that because I am not, uh, quite up there with my exercise. However, at times in my life I have been, and I, you know, even now, if I take a walk when I'm feeling stressed, I return from that walk feeling like a completely different person. Like my head is clear. Um, and things that felt insurmountable when I walked out of the house suddenly are like, they either happen naturally and I don't even have to think about them or (laughs) they just don't feel nearly as difficult. So, so I'm just curious if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about what that felt like. Um, did it help you as parents also? Oh, absolutely. And, and I, 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 I point to the fact that your example is a very good one. Anybody who engages in physical activity, um, it's because we're living in human bodies. We experience very much the same thing, whether you're neurodivergent, neurotypical, married or single, doesn't matter, a parent or not. We all feel this release of endorphins. We feel this sort of um, uh, this uh, release of, of uh, all that stress that we carry around with us and we're, we're more relaxed, our shoulders drop. And, and in terms of Christina and myself, when we were getting our MBAs, for example, uh, we, we continued to exercise because it was very stressful. When uh, Lucas was diagnosed, um, you know, we made a commitment to continue to exercise because we knew how important it was to both us individually, to us as a couple and to Lucas's lifestyle. Right, because mm-hmm. you have to still start building these habits early, and and absolutely, it, it's had a significantly positive effect on us. We, for example, Christina got back into triathlons. I got into running half marathons. I'm now a, a pretty avid cyclist. I do uh, road road bikes uh, biking. Uh, we did Orange Theory Fitness religiously. It's how I met my business partner. She was our coach, mm-hmm. uh, and she helps us run the facility. She's yeah. more than that. I mean, she's an incredible business partner, and so it, it is. It is absolutely, in my mind, the best medicine for families who are going through tremendous stress uh, and don't don't feel like they have the time in their lives to take care of almost all the stuff that's, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the IPs, therapies, you know, holding down a job, getting meals on the table. If we don't take that time to to refill our cup, we have an empty cup and you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. That's something that Kristen, uh, my business partner, always says, and it's so true. And I should point out that, Part of inclusive fitness's mission, and I mean inclusive, is really to be focused on the entire ecosystem surrounding our athletes. Mm-hmm. We don't just train uh, our athletes who are neurodivergent. We train moms and dads. We have. I was going to ask that so families Absolutely. can come in together and and work out. Absolutely, together. I'm training a family cool. tonight uh, with two two neurodivergent kids who are autistic, and the mom and dad. They've been coming to us for over a year now. They come mm-hmm. in twice a week. And they come in on Tuesday like, oh, I'm so tired. And if they hear this, they'll know who they are. Uh, <laughs> I'm so tired. 
but they leave energized mm-hmm. and they leave relaxed and they're hugging each other and high-fiving each other. I'm getting chills just telling you That's, this. Ah, I wanted you to tell a story. That's a great story. That's yes. Awesome. And this family is, is they are just so inspiring to me because mm-hmm. they've committed to it and they have changed their lifestyle as a result. And I think it's brought them together. And I know that we've been a big part of that, but it's really their own commitment. Yeah. Yeah, doing this. and I, it has made a better life for them. I love that. Um, it's a great place to take a quick break, and I need sure. to. But when we come back, I want to get into more of the nitty gritty of what goes on inside that that gym and what people can expect and how they can get there. So, um, this is one in forty four, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. Hey, is that a faucet running? Nope, that's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. It is. Yeah. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. The water comes straight from the forest to us. In fact... What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum! That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. How do trees clean the air? They soak up the dirty air on their leaves, branches, and trunks, which means clean air for us. Hmm. Cool. I didn't know that. Yep. But the forest does more than give us clean air and water. It gives us shade for hot days, birds to listen to, and trees to climb. Wow, that's awesome. I didn't know how cool the forest could be. Hey, let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does, just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. And now, 1 in 44 continues on 100.7 WHUD. This is a weekly community affairs program presented by the Anderson Center for Autism. Welcome back to 1 in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and I'm talking with Greg Austin um, from Inclusive Fitness. And uh, Greg, thank you so much for for spending the first half of the show telling us about yourself, your family, um, your your journey, so to speak. Um uh, and, and how you got where you are, which is in Boston, Massachusetts, right? Yes, that's right. And uh, running inclusive fitness with your business partner, and um, and is is Christina still involved? Is, does she does she train? Does she work out there? Does she? No, uh, my wife is. I have a lot of K's in my world. Uh, Christina, my wife, she is still a marketing executive. Okay, doing that. Uh, Kristen uh, Avendroth, my business partner is the person uh, who I work with the most closely, as well as Eric Chesson. I mentioned his name earlier. Yes. Now, I will add, I will add uh, Christina, my wife, is always involved. Yeah. Uh, she, she, is, she has sage advice. She, I always bounce things past her. We all do. Um, and so she's always weighing in and giving us um, her suggestions and input. But from a technical standpoint, uh, she's not involved in the business. Gotcha. Okay. I just, I love the, the crossover. And I think I, I've just had the chance to talk to so many couples and families, even multi-generational grand- grandmothers working on business plans with their daughters and their granddaughters. And mm-hmm. um, I, I always like to highlight the fact that I think so much of this, um, these really wonderful ideas and, and successful businesses that turn into opportunities for people with autism, yeah. um, family is, is so often at the core of why they're successful. So I always like to sort of be inclusive of that. Um, mm-hmm. that, that passion is critical. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so um, how, like, give us an idea of, of um, what some of the offerings are at inclusive fitness and, and how people, what, what they might expect to, to do upon walking into the gym. Um, so maybe it would be helpful if I describe the gym really quickly, sure. uh, because th- that, that's important. So the gym itself, uh, we're, we're about 8,000 square feet. Um, 
And it's a very open space. It's, it's quite beautiful inside. It's almost like a spa inside. It's very calming. Mm. Um, we have LED dimmable lights. Uh, we have window films, so natural light can come through, but no distractions. There's no screens on the walls. There's no mirrors. Um, it's very quiet. We have a sound system, but we often play white noise or, or no music at all. Uh, unless like a Down syndrome group, which love, they love doing dance parties, will do dance parties. So it's a very calming space. And when you walk in, I think most people are surprised by that. They're sort of struck by how different it is, but also how beautiful it is. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's quite different from the, the, the experience that many of us often get um, in our community. Mm-hmm. Now, the offerings, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, no neon blinking lights and 60 different channels on the TV. I gotcha. <laughs> right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very calming. Now, um, we, we structure our programs uh, to either be one-on-one, which we always start one-on-one because we want to make sure somebody understands the biomechanics of how to move properly. Um, but then we can move people into groups as necessary, usually diads or triads. And we, we start at one of our whiteboards. We'll eventually be moving to digital, but right now we use whiteboards with a visual aid system that we developed. Um, it's, again, in collaboration with Eric Chess and our own experience. And we have uh, cards that are on magnets that, that uh, depict uh, what exercises you might do in each block. We have a warm-up block, a, a power block, and then we focus on a lot of strength exercises. Mm-hmm. So in the warm-up, there could be treadmill, you could be doing abdominal exercises, exercises to create increased mobility. And by the way, all of the exercises we do here are exercises you would do in the gym. Mm-hmm. Okay, There's no special exercise. We're doing squats. We're doing overhead throws. We're doing um lunges you know we're, we're doing well, actually we're not doing lunges yet we're getting we're progressing into that mm-hmm. but we're doing all the exercises you would see in a typical gym it's how we teach it and the environment in which we teach it mm-hmm. and so somebody would experience a warm-up set for a few minutes then we go into power we might do some push throws with a medicine ball we might do rope slams with a battle rope we're using sand belts for sand bell slams we might be doing forward hops lateral hops and then we'll go into the, uh, the strength block where we spend most of our time because that's where we find the biggest deficit with most of our athletes is they're not doing they're not developing the strength and the stability around their joints to do uh, functional work and in, 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 in really improving their adls or activities of daily living mm-hmm. and so uh, we'll move into the strength phase we're doing like i said we're doing squats we're doing bar carries, chest carries, sled pushes, sled drags, uh, overhead carries, this sort of things. Um, and again, these are just traditional exercises. Um, but what we find is that we need to think about three elements for each athlete, the physical capabilities, the adaptive needs, and the cognitive needs. How do they learn? And what behaviors are we dealing with? Uh, so um, whether you're non-speaking and have a lot of behaviors to somebody who's incredibly independent, uh, you'll find all of those folks in here very wide. Okay. Really I was gonna, yeah, I was going to ask you about that because um, there's also, as I'm sure you know, there's an isolation factor for a lot of families. Indeed. feel as though if my child is is really, uh, you know, has profound autism or is really, you know, engages in maybe self-stimulatory behaviors or... Um, even maybe some self-injurious behaviors or loud mm-hmm. vocalizations or isn't vocal at all, yes. they can't come to places like this because it's, you know, so I'm glad you pointed out that people are welcome. Um, oh my goodness. Uh, I should, I, I want to stress this. I'm glad you brought this up. There is a tendency to think, oh, my kid can't do exercise in an environment like this, or mm-hmm. they won't be able to learn this. We have incredibly complex athletes. We have athletes who have to wear a harness at all times for because they may jump out of a moving car. They may mm-hmm. have to have two aids at all times because they can aggress. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have self-injurious behaviors. Uh, uh, we have people with ODD. 
Um, it can be very aggressive. But when they come here because of the environment, it seems to be a very soothing space. We welcome them. We want them to be here. We're trained in how to work with them. I'm a CPI, a Crisis Prevention Institute instructor. Everyone here is certified in how to work through uh, and de-escalate situations. We want families with very complex behaviors to be here because they're some of the most underserved individuals. They don't have many opportunities. And I'll be honest with you, uh, we'll, we'll work with somebody. I had an athlete who came in. He wouldn't come into the building. He would stay in his car and we'd do five push those in the parking lot and they'd go away with his aides. He's now coming in twice a week, 45 minutes, doing the sled pushes, doing the squats, doing wow. the overhead presses. It took, you know, the better part of a year to do that, but he's doing it now. Yeah. Uh, and I had to work with his therapist. I had to work with, you know, um, his mom and, and his dad to figure out what would work with his age. We figured out a pathway forward. But we also have other people who can, you know, take an Uber here and be very independent, hold down a job and, and work out here. But we all get each other. And my, my favorite thing, my favorite thing to see is the athletes greeting each other, yeah. whether verbally or not. But then to look over and see the parents in our waiting area, if they're not working out, talking to each other and, and connecting and creating community because we're so isolated. Yeah. It's a huge issue. And that's a big part of this as well, as well as that's, I want to say one last one last thing. Go ahead. Please do. Go ahead. Another, another part of our mission is to create intern and job opportunities mm-hmm. for our athletes and for our community. And so we have neurodivergent uh, interns. I have one working with me literally right now. He's outside. Mm-hmm. Um, we're bringing on new interns. And that's why we want to expand. We're going to be hopefully regional in the next few years and then national in about eight or nine years. I was going to ask you, because I know a lot of people who aren't in the Boston area who'd probably love an opportunity to, to, um, <laughs> to frequent a facility like Inclusive fitness so those are in the plans huh yes that's right we hear that a lot we um our plan is to this is our test facility right Mm -hmm. because no one's quite doing what we're doing we can't find anybody who's doing what we're doing in the world Mm -hmm. it's very cutting edge i mean that's why we're working with children's hospital in boston that's why we're working with umass's i'm sorry boston university's ot department because Mm -hmm. we're doing we're doing research together we're figuring out how to make this even better we want to expand regionally in the new england area and then eventually be national. I want to be in every major metropolitan city in about eight or nine years. So that we can create job opportunities, bring health and fitness and create that community. Well, we're running low on time, but that is awesome. Um, I will say, you know, certainly let us know when you come to New York. Um, And you're on the list. (laughs) I would assume (laughs) so. We have to be on the list, but that's great. And I love, I just, I, you know, um, well, first of all, before I get on my tangent, uh, to learn more about inclusive fitness, you have a website, yes? We do. It's www. Why do I have to even say www? We don't have Is to it, say it anymore. I know. I know. I'm you so old. I'm it. telling yes, you. No. Inclusivefitness.com. Inclusivefitness.com. And do you have any sort of presence on social media? Oh, we do. Uh, I think it's Team Inclusive Fitness okay. on Facebook. And uh, if you actually, if you go to our website, you'll see our icons for all of our social media platforms, including Insta. So inclusivefitness.com is going to show you a lot. And actually, I just want to make a comment. I did go to your website earlier okay, um, to get a little sense of, of what we're going to be talking about today. And one of one of the coolest things I thought was within seconds of getting on the website, when you sort of hover over certain areas, the website starts reading aloud to you Yes, in, in a very calming, you know, lovely voice. And um and I so I, I know that there's a lot of technology out there that you can access for websites to make them more mm-hmm. um, inclusive and accessible. However, a lot of those websites are one step behind you where you still have to sort of ask for it to do that. Yes. I love that yours just started 
And um, so I just wanted to put that out there that you're going to get a sense about your mission and and what you care about right from the moment that you go on that website. And it was very, thank you. So I appreciate you saying that. I think, you know, if if people want to learn more about what it's like to be here and what we do on our homepage is a tour. It's a virtual Mm -hmm. tour and it'll walk you through. We also have a social story video so that uh, under our programs page of getting started, that people want to share it with their kids. They can see what it's like in a a more simplified and and even calmer. Yeah. And for anybody who doesn't know what a social story is, it's a really valuable tool that can be used in just about any situation where you want to help your child, even mm-hmm. a child who's who's uh, not neurodiverse, who's, who's just anybody who might be a little nervous about a new experience can really benefit from a short story that's very visual mm-hmm. about kind mm-hmm. of what to expect. Um, and a couple of things to maybe think about as you're getting ready to go. Um, we find those tools at Anderson. We use them all the time. Um, and we've actually uh, seen just different organizations in our community adopt them. Um, yeah. And having them available can make things very accessible to a wide audience, um, some of whom might just not have come out because they didn't think it was for them. So it just helping set expectations. Yeah, exactly. I I love that the the where this was all born from. I think it's great that you are also thinking about employment and vocational opportunities. Um, And I could talk to you for a lot longer, but we are out of time. So once again, (laughs) though, go check out Inclusive Fitness. Uh, dot com and and follow them on social media because it sounds like in the next few years they'll be hitting a city near you if you're not already in Boston. Goodness gracious, I hope so. Thank you. Thank you, Greg Austin from uh, Inclusive Fitness for being on One in Forty Four today. It was great. Thank this you. is One in Forty Four, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to One in Forty Four, a weekly presentation of the Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at this time next weekend.